We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Flying solo today, so I'm going to tell you all about our friends over at Lamb Chops. SGLambchops.com is the website. Candlestick20 is the promo code for 20% off. You can go to Instagram, follow them, at SGLambchops, and just take a look at all the different things they offer from shorts to hoodies to t-shirts to hats to chains they've got (laughs) they are loaded at sglambchops.com they're minnesota-based fashion brand founded in 2012 the brand emphasizes attention to detail and premium quality reflected in the lamb chops brand cleaver logo and custom cut and fit for each piece that's my favorite thing that custom cut and fit it doesn't feel boxy or like it's meant to fit it all of their clothing fits super nice and i'm a weirdly shaped dude and <laughs> and it's still the shorts fit me great i'm rocking the lions i'm rocking the wolves i've got the seashells and the orcas i have the plain black doesn't matter it's all super high quality it's all super comfortable because the brand's mission is to lead the herd with original and high quality clothing check and check yeah for one of a kind clothing options from unique statement pieces to everyday essentials those are the homies at lamb chops whether it's the heat of the summer or the cold of the winter, they're going to have something to get you fitted. It's going to fit nice. It's going to feel good. And you're going to look awesome as well. Get over to sglambchops.com right now. Use that promo code candlestick20 for 20% off your order today. Candlestick Chronicles is also sponsored by Cooperage Brewing. Check out cooperagebrewing.com. You can order beer there and get it shipped directly to your home. In the state of California, you got to be 21 and over, of course. You got to have somebody there to sign for it, somebody who's over 21, of course. That's how this works. There's no Candlestick Chronicles in stock yet. There will be. But in the meantime, while you await the Candlestick Chronicles drop, head over to cooperagebrewing.com, click that Order Now button in the top right corner, and it's going to take you to all their beers. They've got the Mellow Sunshine Wheat Ale with Apricots. That's going to be my summer beer. But they have a California Common. They have an Oatmeal Stout. They have the Bobby Pills American Light Lager. They have West Coast Pilsners. They have IPAs, Hazy IPAs. They have Keg Slayer, which is one of my all-time favorite beers. The Diamond Puddles Hazy IPA. That comes highly recommended from the homie Chris, who is not here today. But I know he would he would talk that one up. He did last time. And I know he really likes that one. Or if you can't decide, that's okay. You can get a delicious beer mix case that's 24 16-ounce cans. 
and Cooperage picks out what they're going to send you. They're going to make it a really nice mix if you want to just try a bunch of stuff. And then, of course, they're going to be dropping the Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA. That's coming out soon, so be sure to check out cooperagebrewing.com for updates there. And, of course, we'll keep you updated right here. The second it drops, we'll keep you updated on the Candlestick Chronicles podcast feed and, of course, on, on social media as well. So go get some good beer. Get it delivered right to your door in the state of California. One day shipping, by the way, or overnight shipping. So you order that Monday morning, you're gonna get that, you're gonna get that beer on Tuesday. Yeah. That's the best way to acquire beer, I'm telling you. Head over to head on over to cooperagebrewing.com right now and drink good beer. All right. Flying solo today, but I've got some thoughts from the 49ers 21-20 preseason win over the Broncos. I've got some quarterback takes. We're gonna talk rookies, talk about some stuff on the defense, but I think something really interesting in the quarterback battle happened on Saturday, and let's talk about what that is now. Blue Wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. got a dub 21 20 over denver i want to say it was prettier than their than their game against the raiders like it looked better for sure but it was still pretty sloppy they committed nine penalties for 76 yards they turned the ball over three times they had another fumble that was on the ground that that they managed to recover and kind of a sloppy game for for san francisco really on, on both sides of the ball but a definite improvement over the 34 to 7 drubbing they took against the Raiders in Las Vegas. Let's start with the, I guess, story of the game leading in was whether Brock Purdy would play. And the 49ers starting quarterback did get in with the first team on their first drive. And I thought Purdy honestly looked looked really good. My biggest concern with him stepping back onto the field was whether there would be some residual mental hurdles to get over playing in front of a live defense. And I know he's been in practice. I know he's enjoyed practice with the Raiders, but a practice setting is so much more controlled than a game setting. And in practice, you're not allowed to hit the quarterback. So what did he look like in a situation where a defensive lineman could come in and hit his arm the same way that he got hit in Philly? How would he respond there? Would he be keeping his eyes down at the rush which is something he didn't do last year, which was was really impressive for a rookie. Or was he not scrambling as much? Was he scrambling more? But honestly, in his one series, I thought he looked like the quarterback we saw last year. It wasn't perfect, but he runs the offense. He got outside the pocket a couple times. He was accurate and decisive. He goes four or five for 65 yards. He had... Um, just, he took one sack where there was a, where there was a protection bust up front. It was for the most part, I think exactly what you wanted to see from Brock Purdy. If you're a fan of the 49ers, this is a guy that quarterbacked the offense to 33 and a half points a game last year to close the regular season. And he looked like that player again. So whether he's, look, I, I'm under the impression 
or my my read on Brock Purdy, and it's still a small sample size, so who knows. But my read on Brock Purdy is that he's never going to be that quarterback that people consider one of those top guys. He's not going to get into the conversation, at least nationally, with a player like Patrick Mahomes or with a player like Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson or Joe Burrow or pick a, pick a quarterback like that, right? Jalen Hurts, obviously. I don't think he's ever going to get in that conversation because everybody's going to look at his pretty limited tool belt and go, well, he is a product of Kyle Shanahan and that's what it is. But I think we get so wrapped up in quarterbacks now because that's such a key position, right? Like the Chiefs pencil him in as Super Bowl contenders every year that Patrick Mahomes is under center and healthy, right? Like that's just, and it's because of Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs have a good roster and Andy Reid's a good coach and, and Brett Veach, our GM, does a, does a really good job. But the, the the Chiefs are Super Bowl contenders annually because of their quarterback. And so we get into quarterback rankings in the offseason. I say we, just the general kind of NFL fan collective, right? We get so wrapped up in these quarterback rankings and where each quarterback is and who's better than what and who are the top five and who's elite and all that, that we forget that it's a team thing. And if Brock Purdy... Whatever he is as a quarterback, whether you think he's a top five or top 10, or he's not even one of the 32 best starting quarterbacks in the league, I don't care. But if whatever he does allows the 49ers to average 30 plus a game, you'll feel good about that. That's a good, <laughs> FYI, it's a good place to be if you're scoring 30 plus a game. In 2019, they, they, they scored about 29 a game. So if they're doing more than that, they're going to be in a really good spot to win a lot of football games. Now, does that translate come Super Bowl time or NFC Championship time where, okay, maybe the offense bogs down a little bit and you just need your quarterback to go make a play and be brilliant? Maybe he can, maybe he can't. Again, his sample size is so ridiculously small that I, I, I can't say one way or the other. But for now, what we know is that last year Brock Purdy they scored 33 and a half points a game with him as, as a starter in the regular season. He goes out in his first postseason game and they hang up 41 on Seattle. And he basically won the starting job last year. And then he goes out in this preseason game against Denver and looks like that player again. So I don't, I feel like if you're a 49er fan who watched his offense last year and then watched it. Saturday, and it's not to say they shredded Denver's defense or something. Denver's playing a vanilla defense, and the Niners are playing a vanilla offense, and that's just kind of what it is. But the fact that Purdy went out, played, first of all, <laughs> and then looked like himself is a very, very good sign. Especially when, through most of the offseason, it was a question about whether he would even play in the preseason or be ready to play in the preseason. So he goes out and looks sharp. Kyle Shanahan already said in his post-game press conference, he said that the starters would play again in week three, that Friday game coming up against the Chargers. So Purdy will get another couple of series. I don't know. There's no indication how much he's going to play, but I thought for one series in his first game back since tearing his UCL, I thought Brock Purdy did just about everything you could want him to do. Again, was it perfect? No, but he looked like the player that they got last year and given where the 49ers quarterback situation was 
a month ago and the question marks around it, I think Brock Purdy answered some of those questions last night and that's, that's our Saturday night. And that's, that's a good sign. Sam Darnold was the next quarterback to come in and it was interesting. So Kyle Shanahan indicated before, before the game and in practice in the, in his press conferences leading up to the game that their plan was to do kind of the reverse of what they did against the Raiders where Trey Lance started, got the whole first half and then Sam Darnold came in in the third quarter he indicated that it would go the reverse. So Darnold comes in in relief of Brock Purdy at the end of the, the very end of the first quarter. And Darnold winds up playing a series with the starters or with the four starting offensive linemen who were out there. Debo Samuel didn't play the second series, at least that I that I saw. I, I might have missed it, but I don't think Kyle Juszczyk played in the second series. So I think it was just the four starting offensive linemen. And there was some some griping I saw on the internet about Darnold getting this opportunity to do that and Trey Lance not. And I think the reason that Sam Darnold got reps with the ones is because he's going to be the 49ers backup quarterback. And maybe I'm wrong, but just kind of reading tea leaves. I don't think Kyle Shanahan sent the starting offensive line out there for a second series because he was unhappy with how they played. I think Kyle Shanahan sent the starting offensive line back out there to get Sam Darnold some reps with those guys in the event that he does have to come into a game because I think he's the front runner for the backup quarterback job. And maybe it was. I I mean, again, I don't know. I have not talked to Kyle Shanahan or Sam Darnold or anyone in the quarterback room or anything like that. But when you're reading writing on the wall, and you look at the the respective performances between Sam Darnold and Trey Lance against the Raiders, and just how comfortable Darnold looked and how up and down Lance was. In a backup quarterback, if Brock Purdy is unavailable at some point in week one, the 49ers are going to go with the quarterback that they feel has less variance. And they probably feel like Sam Darnold has less variance than Trey Lance right now. And we'll get to Lance in a second because I thought he was he was good on Saturday. But looking at this through the eyes of the 49ers, I just kind of think that's where they're landing. Is Sam Darnold has played 55 NFL games. He hasn't been particularly good in those 55 NFL games, but he's played them. And there's a, a hope in the 49ers building that, hey, you get Sam Darnold in this offense with these weapons, and he's going to play at a level higher than he's ever played before. And that talent that allowed him to go number three overall is going to rise to the surface, and the 49ers are going to maximize Sam Darnold. We've seen Kyle Shanahan do it with Matt Schaub and with Matt Ryan and with Brian Hoyer with the with the Browns in 2014. We've seen him do it with, with Jimmy Garoppolo. We've seen him take quarterbacks with maybe some flaws and really maximize those guys. And I think there was their plan the entire time with Sam Darnold. There was, I think, a hope that Lance was going to make some kind of leap. But I think right now, if they had to insert one of those guys into a game on the fly, I think they would feel better about doing so with Sam Darnold than with Trey Lance. Now, if they had to start one of them for a 10-game stretch, 
maybe that changes. Maybe at that point they feel like Trey Lance over the course of 10 starts would perhaps elevate his play to a level that it would get the 49ers beyond what Sam Donald could get them. Maybe. But I think for a backup quarterback who might have to come in on a moment's notice, I I, I think the 49ers look at Sam Darnold and, and believe that he's that guy. And I think that's why Sam Darnold got reps with the ones on Saturday. I don't think he's pushing for the starting job, but I think he is winning the race to be the backup quarterback. And he was he was good again Saturday, 11 to 14, 109 yards. He had an interception that bounced off Ronnie Bell's hands. More on Ronnie Bell later. But he also threw a touchdown to a wide-open Jack Coletto. More on Jack Coletto later as well. And he made a, a couple of really impressive throws under pressure. He was he took a couple of sacks that I don't I don't necessarily think were on him. He just looks experienced, man. He looks like a quarterback who's played a lot of football, particularly a lot of NFL football. And that's what you hope for from your backup quarterback in the preseason. So if Darnold was not already in the driver's seat for the backup job, I think he is now. And Trey Lance made this really fascinating, though, on Saturday. Not that I think the Niners are going to are gonna necessarily change their minds, but something interesting happens with Trey Lance whenever he gets a chance to play. And this is why I say that if they knew that he was going to get 10 starts in a row, I think they might roll with, with Lance instead. Unless Darnold comes in and is incredible if he gets an opportunity and does everything the Niners hoped and dreamed he would be. But if he doesn't, and there was an opportunity where where Brock Purdy was going to be unavailable for X amount of time for several games, where they might give Trey Lance a, an opportunity. Because there's a trend with Trey Lance where every time he gets any kind of extended playing time, he improves a little bit. It happened against the Cardinals in his first ever start back in 2021. It happened against the Texans in that Week 17 game where the Niners had to have it. He wasn't great in the first half, but was a lot better in the second half. And certainly better in Week 17 than he was in Week 5, I think it was, of that 2021 season. And then last year, he was not good against the Bears. He made some plays, but in the downpour and the way that game script went, it was it was... It was not pretty to begin with, and I and I think it it just kind of got exacerbated. But then in 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 week two against Seattle, there were real improvements that you could see, even in the in the in the tiny fraction of a of a sample we got from that game, just a little snapshot of what was to come. I thought there were things he improved on, even in that Seattle game from week one against the Bears. Last week. In week one of the preseason, Lance comes in and was was kind of a disaster early on. But as the game progressed, he settled in and got a lot better. And on Saturday night, he was uh, I, so he was a little better to start the game. I thought he looked more comfortable, was less frenetic when he first came in. But he threw the interception on the screen pass, which. You can debate whether that was was on him or not. 
I didn't think Leroy Watson, the left tackle, did did a great job of walling off that defensive lineman. I thought the defensive lineman made a nice individual play to tip the ball. But if you're Lance, you've got to either dirt that ball or go elsewhere with it. Because I, I don't think that there was a throwing lane open to Jeremy McNichols, the running back. But he's trying to just let it go, right? He's, he's just trying to, hey, you know what? I see where I'm supposed to throw the ball and throw it. That was his big problem in week one. He was just not throwing the ball. At least he threw it. That's a that's a mark in his in his favor. But he he nearly had a ball intercepted over the middle. He was off target with a couple of his early throws. And then something interesting happened. He nearly threw an interception. He got pressured and rolled to his left, kind of backpedaling out to his left, and floated one to the sideline for Ty Davis Price. It nearly got intercepted. And at that point, there's like five and a half minutes left in the game. And it feels like, okay, wrap that like wrap this up. Lance is not gonna get where they need him to go, right? But then he comes out, he completes six passes in a row the rest of the drive. And, and the drive started, by the way, with a penalty. So they were in first and 20. He completes a, a third and 13 and moves the chains and was on target and was decisive and was showing off his arm strength. His The ball placement was excellent. By the way, ball placement has been... <laughs> yeah. Ball placement has been the buzzword of this preseason every game every analyst i see post a clip of a quarterback it's like look at the ball placement like (laughs) all right man just sure anyways trey lance ball placement last night was great but it it, it, in 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 all seriousness there were a couple throws over the middle the the one to chris conley against the raiders that got tipped and then and then ross dwelly caught it for a touchdown it probably should have been a pick that was when Shanahan said it was good decision, but the placement needed to be better. It needed to be out uh, away from that defender and out in front of the receiver a little bit. And I thought Lance was a lot better in that area on Saturday. And then they get the ball back with just over two minutes left, and they're down. They're down a couple, and he was really good in that spot again, really decisive, and. I was really impressed by how he bounced back in that game. And where I get torn with Lance is you watch those first couple series and it's head scratching because he you 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 want to see that improvement but he's not gotten the reps and there's clearly some talent there but he's just not quite putting it all together. But then as he plays and the game goes on, you see him start to put it together and then you have to wonder, you have to wonder what does this look like? If this guy who continually gets better every time he gets any sort of extended playing time, even in a, in a one game scope, you have to wonder what that guy looks like over eight, nine, ten starts in a row. And that's where the frustration is with, I think, people who are who are big fans of Trey Lance and want to see him succeed is there's that belief. And, and I'm in this camp, too, that if he starts half a dozen games in a row. The difference between the first quarter of game one and the fourth quarter of game six would be dramatic. Where by that fourth quarter of the sixth game, it's like the 49ers have something here at quarterback. He is The light bulb is coming on and he's starting to figure it out because you see the light bulb flicker in games, but it doesn't get a chance to turn on all the way because the 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 cord keeps getting pulled. Whether he's getting pulled out of a game because it's it's the preseason, whether he's getting hurt, 
like he did last year, whether he's getting hurt like he did in 2021. It's 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 like trying to start a car when you're when you're jumping it, but it just won't quite turn over and you know it wants to and you know it wants to. But he's it feels like that he just needs that opportunity. And I, I think that a lot of people may be listening to this and certainly people that, that on, on Twitter that I interact with see this same thing. There's so much potential there and there's so much talent and you see it when he, he gets any sort of opportunity. But for the 49ers, they look at that and go, that's great. But what if he doesn't? This is a Super Bowl team. And what if the light doesn't ever come on? What if it just continues to flicker? And they're continually falling behind in games because Trey Lance has a, has a tough time getting going in these games. And now instead of going 5-1 and one across that six-game stretch like they might have with, with Purdy or, or Darnold, they're going 3-3 three and three because there were a couple mistakes early on. You know, that's how they're looking at this. They feel more certain about the floor with 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 Brock Purdy, certainly with Brock Purdy, and with with Sam Darnold than they are with Trey Lance. And that's just that's where the timelines and whether Lance's timeline lines up with the 49ers and it looks like it doesn't. And we've talked about that a million times. But I thought Saturday was a really good example of why. So many people believe that Trey Lance just needs and should get opportunities to play. Because anytime he does, you see the improvement. He was 12 of 18, 173 yards, a touchdown. He did throw an interception on, on the screen. But again, 9.6 yards per attempt. I, I, I thought the last five and a half minutes of that game were really exciting. And... It's the reason that the 49ers can't afford to just let Trey Lance go, frankly. Because let's let's go to the world. Let's let's stick in this world. This is the last thing on the quarterbacks. Let's stick in this world. Brock Purdy's a starter. Sam Darnold, QB2. Trey Lance, QB3. That's how they're going to go into the year, okay? I'm not saying that. I, I, we're in the hypothetical world still. Follow me. So, Brock Purdy goes down. Sam Darnold goes down. And now Trey Lance gets 10 starts. They know, hey, you know what? He is... The starter by week seven, he's going to go the rest of the way, right? There's just, there's a two, there's too real of an opportunity for him to turn into a very good quarterback over that stretch for the 49ers to punt. But it's not real enough for them to be like, yeah, let's start him or let's make him the backup. I don't think they're there, but I, I do think that we've, we've seen enough over not just these preseason games, but when you start to kind of accumulate all the puzzle pieces of his of his kind of jigsawed career to, to begin, or this jigsaw of playing time that, that he's tried to put together early in his career, and that didn't make sense, but follow me, here we go. When you start to put all the pieces together, it, it starts to make sense. So... I think Trey Lance is going to stick around with the 49ers. And man, if he ever if he ever gets an opportunity to start a few games in a row, I I I, I genuinely believe that you will start to see real growth, and you start to kind of see why the 49ers are so excited to take Trey Lance number three overall back in 2021. Okay, let's take a quick break, and then I have some non-quarterback stuff to get to. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Chris. We're going to talk about our favorite brand, Lamb Chops. SGLambchops.com. You can follow them on Instagram at SG Lamb Chops. They're a Minnesota-based fashion brand founded in 2012. And they are now our favorite brand, the official brand of Candlestick Chronicles. Comfort, quality, style. Check, check, check. Those three boxes, if those are the things you're looking for in your clothing, um, mm-hmm. can't recommend Lamb Chops enough. I'm wearing a pair of mesh shorts right now. They're yeah. extremely comfortable, What's extremely the stylish. Uh, these are the these are the werewolves. Um, Where, I think they're just regular wolves. Well, they're wolves. I mean, they look like. Do you believe those wolves transform into people? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're no, you're right. Maybe they do. <laughs> I mean, we don't know that they don't. Yeah, you can't prove that they're not that. <laughs> we'll um, have to ask. We'll have to ask our guys. But this is regular wolves. Okay, fair enough. Um, extremely comfortable, high quality. I've I've worn them warm to Disneyland. The zippered pockets on the shorts, the best. phenomenal. The best. The joggers, phenomenal. The, the hoodies, phenomenal. Great. It's all great stuff. Yeah, they got t-shirts, hoodies, shorts. Any season, Lamb Chops has got something for you, whether you want the loud and flashy, whether you're more into the understated styles, Lamb Chops is going to have something for you. So go to sglambchops.com right now and use promo code CANDLESTICK20 to get 20% off your order to check out some of those styles when they are released. Follow them on Instagram at SGLambChops. The brand emphasizes attention to detail and premium quality that's reflected in the Lamb Chops brand cleaver logo and custom cut and fit for each piece. The brand's mission is to lead the herd with original and high-quality clothing. Check and check. They offer one-of-a-kind clothing options from unique statement pieces to everyday essentials. Use promo code CANDLESTICK20 at LambChops.com today. I think one of my favorite things about the Niners game against the Broncos was the the rookies from from several different standpoints because I think there were three different buckets of of rookie performance in this one you had bounce back performances that's Cameron Latu the rookie tight end third round pick out Alabama 
and the kicker, Jake Moody. So Latu was having drop problems in practice. It was one of the stories of practice leading into their, their preseason opener. He gets into the preseason opener. First ball thrown his way. He juggles it. He catches it. And then he fumbles. Just a disaster for the kid. But then he comes back Saturday night. He's targeted four times. He catches three of them for 46 yards. He had a 22-yard touchdown in there that allowed the 49ers to, uh, to, to get back in that game late in the fourth quarter. And I thought looked the part of an NFL tight end. The way he moved in both as a blocker and as a receiver, he just he looked much more functional against the Broncos than he did at any point against the Raiders. It was like so stark watching Cameron Latu in those two games. So you love to see that light bulb kind of start to come on for him, especially as a third round pick. And ultimately he's gonna have to block. Like blocking is what's going to be what gets him on the field because the 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 goal of that second tight end right now. And I think the Niners are maybe looking for a long-term answer for, for the post George Kittle era, but I think they also want to be able to roll out 22 personnel or just multiple tight end personnel where they can also throw out of those formations because they have a legitimate receiving threat at that number two tight end spot. And Latu looked like that on Saturday. I think Braden Willis had a little bit of that in, in week one. And I think Latu had it last night. Or Saturday night. He was, like I said, night and day difference. Really love to see him bounce back. Jake Moody, of course, missed his two field goals in Vegas. He missed an extra point against Denver, which is which is not good. But he hit a 32-yarder for the game winner. He hit a 43-yarder. He hit a 20-yarder to open the game. I thought that was really good by Kyle Shanahan when the Niners had a fourth and goal deep red zone inside the five early in the game. That's a spot where in the regular season, they probably go for it. But he knew that he had a rookie kicker who missed two kicks against, against the Raiders in his NFL debut. And he got him out there for a short one and Moody nailed it. And again, he missed an extra point later. You don't like to see that, but he hit the game winner, hit another field goal in there three for three on his field goals after going over two in the opener. That's a good bounce back. And that's what Kyle Shanahan said after after the preseason opener. Said he wasn't worried about Jake Moody, the way he carries himself. He's going to be fine. And and Moody was good uh, on, on, on Saturday. Then there's players like D. Winters and Jalen Graham, two linebackers, who both really showed out on the defensive side. And I think both showed that they are NFL caliber linebackers. They both had two tackles. They both forced a fumble. They look, D. Winters and Jalen Graham both look like they're playing a level down when they're playing in these games. They look NFL ready to me. The way they move in space, the way they read blocks, the way they play coverage, the way they go after the football and force those fumbles, the way they hit, they both lay lumber. You you. You, you see why the 49ers are so excited to take these guys, especially in round six and seven. And I think it's going to be really hard to keep both D Winters and Jalen Graham off the roster. I went into, went into training camp thinking, oh, they'll probably keep one, whichever one of the two kind of flashes. Well, both of them are flashing big time and not a splash play here and a splash play there. It's, it's 
whenever they're on the field, they look like they are the two best players on defense for the 49ers. And that's that says a lot about where this linebacker group is that on in almost any other scenario, play, uh, two rookies that, that are playing at the level that Winters and Graham are playing at, it would be shoe-in, lock it in, they're making the team. But the Niners are so deep at that spot that you can't necessarily do that. They have, they have Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Oren Burks, Graham Winters, Marcelino McCrary Ball, I think is an NFL linebacker. I think Demetrius Flanagan Fowles is an NFL linebacker. It's like seven guys, and they're probably going to keep five. They might keep six if they're really thrilled with with a sixth player and 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 trim a roster a, a, a position elsewhere on the roster. So, I thought the way those two the way those two played on the defensive side had to be really exciting for the 49ers defensive coaching staff. They look loaded at that linebacker position, and that's important for this defense. Controlling the middle of the field, controlling those easy throws, getting sideline to sideline against the run but then also being able to cover in the middle of the field. That's so important to what the Niners want to do on defense and having two rookies coming in and, and looking like they're going to be able to do that. Jalen Graham's been playing the Mikey's calling the defense. He's got the green dot on his helmet. That's what Fred Warner was doing his, his rookie year. Not to say Jalen Graham is going to be Fred Warner, but you see that trajectory and you start to see why the Niners coaching staff is, is so excited about these guys. Ronnie Bell is also in this bucket. Where where it's a player who was good in in the first preseason game and and good in the in the second one as well. Only he got better. He I thought he was really good against the Raiders, but man, against against Denver, he goes seven catches, 114 yards. His 43 yard catch and run on the final drive set up the game winning field goal. But it's not just that. It's man, the fact he's dominating at all three levels the way he is. He's getting vertical on routes. He's he's catching underneath stuff. He's catching the intermediate stuff. He's breaking tackles. He's running after the catch. He's doing jet sweeps. He's returning kicks. I don't know how the Niners leave Ronnie Bell off the roster. I really, really don't. And that was before, speaking of the wide receiver room, so Ray Ray McLeod has a broken wrist. He's not likely going to be back for week one. Kyle Shanahan said that McLeod wants to try, but that, that doesn't seem very likely. And then Danny Gray... Kyle Shanahan announced on Sunday has an SC joint sprain in his shoulder, and he's not likely going to be ready for week one, which means the Niners are going to need someone to return kicks. And maybe it's undrafted rookie Deshaun Jameson, the cornerback out of Texas, but Ronnie Bell, man, with the ball in his hands right now, the way he's breaking tackles and creating extra yards and just the tenacity that he plays with, it just fits with what the Niners do. He looks like a player the Niners designed in a lab to add into their offense that might be overstating it I'm probably that's dramatic like Bijan Robinson looked like he was created in a lab to play in their offense but if if they you see why they loved Ronnie Bell you see why they wanted to add him in because that's a seventh round pick who they can throw a screen to and he's going to create yards who they can run a jet sweep with, who they can put on special teams, who they can run a go out with. There's just all these different ways that he can plug into the offense right away. And I don't think he's going to have a huge role or anything. But if they have to fall back on their seventh round pick, he's shown so far that he would be up to the task. And like I said, it's not just the numbers he's putting up. It's the way he's doing it. It just fits with what the Niners want to do. 
and and you see why they were they were happy to take him in the seventh round of this year's draft. Then there's the third bucket of rookie that just hadn't gotten talked about, but did something notable, and that's Jack Coletto, the fullback slash running back slash linebacker slash quarterback <laughs> from Oregon State. He had an 11-yard catch. It went for a touchdown from Sam Darnold. Just one of those plays where he's lined up in the backfield. He leaked outside. Darnold got the little sidearm throw into him. He made a good move at the goal line to uh, to get the defender past him, and and he walked in for a touchdown. So shout out to Jack Coletto for getting his name onto the score sheet. He did not do that in the opener. So he has an 11-yard catch to his name. He has a touchdown to his name. He's not going to make the team because they're not going to carry two fullbacks, I don't think. And they're not not—they're obviously not getting rid of Kyle Juszczyk, who's the best player at that position in the league. So Jack Coletto is probably a practice squad guy, but a good, a good moment for him, for sure. And you like to see the undrafted rookie from Oregon State getting in the end zone a few other things that stood out to me the on the defensive line i thought ty mcgill's sack was really really impressive just made a nice move inside and was on the quarterback before the quarterback could really move i thought that was something that that mcgill did last year after the niners signed him he wasn't consistently really good but man he'd come up with a splash play every once in a while both against the run and and as a pass rusher that just makes it T.Y. McGill is the kind of player that the Niners go get and they plug him in as a rotation piece and he plays 15 or 20 snaps and sometimes he has to play 25 or 30 and they just feel good about it and he's a veteran who's going to do his job and every once in a while he's going to flash like he did on that sack and I think T.Y. McGill is going to wind up being on the roster. Marlon Davidson had a really interesting stretch. I think it was in the second quarter. I didn't write down the time, damn it. But he got obliterated on a run play where the guard got underneath him and knocked him down and then just drove him backwards. And then the tackle came in and they both just fell over the top of him. It was a pancake. It was the offensive line room rewatched that block like probably 10 times today when they met and went over game film. They watched that play a lot. It was not Marlon Davidson's best rep. But he came back and had a, had a had a sack on a play where he just would not stay blocked. And it wasn't an awesome move where he got straight to the quarterback, but he helped collapse the pocket and then and then continued working to get the sack. He came up with a really nice run stop later on the edge where he got outside. So I don't know if Marlon Davidson's going to make it, but I did think that was notable that he got obliterated on that one play. And then it might've been in the same drive or over the next couple of drives, bounced back with a couple of splash plays on the defensive front. The other part of the Niners defense last night that was interesting and something that's kind of been developing as, as the week has gone on is what's happening with their nickel corner situation. So Isaiah Oliver started the preseason opener did not play well. And Kyle Shanahan got asked after that game, hey, why did Isaiah Oliver start? Why was he, all the other starters sit, sat? Why was he out there? And Shanahan more or less said, because he's not a guaranteed starter. There's a competition at nickel corner. And so what the Niners did on Saturday was they moved Diamador Lenore inside with Ambry Thomas playing on the boundary. And that's, I think, how this is going to wind up going. Because we've seen Lenore play in the slot. He was there last year before Emmanuel Mosley got hurt. And I think the 49ers are confident with him there. 
And then we've seen the talent from Ambry Thomas. Ambry Thomas, at the end of 2021, looked like a starting NFL corner. He got so much better as that season progressed. Over the last few weeks, you just saw every week he got a little better and a little better and a little better. And then he kind of capped it with the game-sealing interception in Week 18 against the Rams. And then last year, he comes in and he was just kind of a non-factor for for San Francisco. And it looked like, oh man, here's another third-round pick that is gone before his third season, but he's had a really good camp. He was awesome in the opener. He got beat for for a long gain right before the end of the first half, but otherwise played well on on the outside with with Lenore on the inside. And I kind of think that's how this is going to go. The one wrinkle here is Samuel Womack, who, if you'll remember, won the starting nickel job out of camp last year and eventually lost it to to Lenore in week three. But Womack's good, man. He had a couple of pass breakups. He had a couple of really strong open field tackles to eliminate Yak. Sam Womack can play football. And even if he's not going to start, I think that his presence on the depth chart gives the 49ers a good piece off the bench. I think he can play outside or inside, but he gives them a good piece off the bench. And with Diometer Lenore's flexibility... If the Niners need an outside corner, they can move Lenore there and they can move Womack inside or or however they want to do it. But cornerback depth is really hard to come across. And it looks right now like the Niners have some good depth with Traverius Ward and Diometer Lenore and Ambry Thomas and Samuel Womack. And then that last roster spot's going to come down to either Deshaun Jameson, who muffed a punt, on on Saturday, he muffed a punt. But on in the preseason opener, I thought he was really good as a as a returner. He showed a lot of juice there. So I I kind of think he's got the inside track for that spot. AJ Parker had a couple of splash plays on Saturday. He's he's played in the NFL, not a ton, but but he's played NFL games before. And then there's Isaiah Oliver, who man. The Niners signed him to a two-year deal. I think they gave him three million guaranteed, and it just looked like pencil him in as a starting nickel. Well, he wasn't good on on Sunday against the Raiders, and then he comes back this Saturday. And the one play that stuck out to me was there was I I, I can't remember if it was a run or a pass, but it was a play into the flat, and he flew up, and that it was his tackle to make, and he whiffed, missed everything and he's a big nickel corner that's gonna be his thing he's gonna help set the edge in the run game he's gonna tackle he's gonna be tenacious there and to see him with that tackle when it happened so when that play happened on on first watch i thought it was one of the corners way down the depth chart just guy that was not gonna make the team maybe fighting for a for a practice squad spot and then i rewound it to check and see who it was and you see it's isaiah oliver it's like man what happened here Maybe he's played really well in practice and they're going to keep him because they're confident in what he can do. They just need to get him in a, in a game plan defense or whatever. But based on what we've seen in, in a couple of preseason games, man, I not only do I think Isaiah Oliver's starting job is no longer his, but I don't even know if his roster spot's going to be his, man. It was a rough opener and, and he did not back it up with a good game Saturday. So 
I don't think he's going to have to do a ton to make the team. If he has a good week of practice and then goes out and has a good preseason finale, then maybe that's enough to to get the Niners to believe in him and, and give him that roster spot. But given what a player like Deshaun Jameson, who who has gotten rave reviews from coaches and John Lynch and his teammates, from Brandon Ayuk shouting him out, and you're hearing Traverius Ward is is taking notes on backpedaling from him, like that's you'd love to see that from an undrafted rookie. And if he's also going to provide some help on special teams, maybe maybe he winds up making making the team over a veteran like Oliver, who I, I thought was was a lock to not only make the team but but start at the nickel. And it certainly doesn't look that way anymore. So if I'm if I'm predicting the nickel thing, I think it's maybe they just start with Ambry Thomas and Traverius Ward on the outside in their, you know, base packages, but teams spend so much time with extra corners on the field. Now with that nickel corner on that field, on the field that it, the difference is probably negligible on who's outside when the Niners are in base. So that, that, that'll be interesting to see, but I think Ambry Thomas, Trevorius Ward and Diamond Lenore right now are the Niners three best corners and that's who they're going to get on the field. So that's where I think that's headed. All right. That's going to do it for this post-game thoughts, post-game ramblings. Thank you for for hanging in there. I really appreciate everybody listening while Chris is out. It's it's really tough to talk into this mic by myself. I miss I miss Chris. What do you want me to say? <laughs> so I, I thank everybody for for listening and, and bearing with me while I while I try and I've got I just take notes and I'm I'm trying to go through them and trying to keep everything organized. And I have a lot of stuff I want to say and hopefully I, I got it all out there for you. So going to be back later in this week. I will have a guest and the Niners play Friday. So we'll, we'll do a little look ahead to that preseason finale. Maybe we'll do a little 53 man roster update, kind of see how, how things are shaking out there. Want to thank, uh, Chris who is on vacation, super top secret vacation. Don't even know where he went, but he's on vacation. And I want to thank lamb chops and Cooper draw some sponsors. Thank you, Tyler. Uh, who's down in LA right now dealing with the hurricane. So Tyler, shout out to you. Thank you so much. And hopefully everything's going well for everybody down there in Southern California. Thank everybody for listening and we will talk to you next time.